In this episode of Novel Predictions, Allison makes McKaylee cry. I have tears. Welcome to Novel Predictions. I'm Kales, and I reread City of Thieves this month. And I'm Allison, and I read it for the first and definitely the only time. Oh, come on. Nope. <laughs> no come ons. I am not happy with this piece of literature. Ha, like, ha, I can't. Was it really that bad? I. Yeah. Mm hmm. all right just go just go beyond words for me so i like i gave it two stars i guess Um, oh we can start there oh my heart (laughs) wounded um yeah two stars i think there was a lot in this book that was there just to make me angry like personally like david binoff was like hey who's gonna read this book oh logical people okay so i'm gonna just dump a bunch of bullshit in here so that they get mad oh wow (laughs) like i just i i I literally when i finished reading it i just sat there and i was trying to type my goodreads review like just as a teaser and i sat there for a solid two minutes and couldn't type because i just didn't know what to say that wasn't just no like I I here here's here's my thing I feel like there was a lot of unnecessary bullshit dialogue that was gross like the, the same reason we I didn't like it in the beginning with the the overly sexualized combos and the weird um internal subjugation of women and talking about your shit every five minutes so there's that every five minutes that's how it felt it was a lot (laughs) but there's also all of these like totally out of the blue plot twists that i think are just this a stupid device and i just didn't buy into it like Coilid's death made me so angry because it was so asinine. Like, there was no fucking reason to kill him. And we made it through this whole journey, and then we just killed him with friendly fire, getting shot in the ass and bleeding out. And I was just like, this is dumb. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm angry because I didn't like his character. Like, he was a dick, but at the same time he survived all of these things that should have killed him and then he gets shot in the ass on the front line like on the uh trenches of leningrad five minutes from their destination i don't know yeah (laughs) i just felt like there was a lot of um device for device sake like oh you know it would be totally off-putting if we killed him at the end or if 
Vika, the girl who barely says anything and just like side eyes love the whole time, shows up at his door three and a half years later, all of a sudden a girl and they get married. I don't know. I'm I'm just (laughs) just so So, salty. um, If you're just joining us, uh, (laughs) welcome to Novel Predictions. Um, Yeah, this is a good introduction. Allison is ready to kill me. Um, I think only really good friends could do this to each other. So I'm grateful for her. I'm (laughs) kind of kissing her ass at this point because I feel kind of bad because I don't necessarily know how to respond and I don't really think I have a very good defense to a lot of what she's (laughs) gonna say in this episode so yeah that's gonna happen um but yeah if you're just joining us we force each other to read books uh that the other one has not read so I've read the city of thieves I thought I liked it um I still kind of do but I don't know how I'm gonna defend that opinion um and I feel like this is another magicians for us. Yeah, it's gonna be. <laughs> um, and that's okay. It happens, but it's kind of funny to me that we found another one. Mm-hmm. Um and we force each other to read a book that the other one hasn't read, and we try and guess what's gonna happen. Then during the review episode, this episode, the other one basically gets to lay into the friend who made them read the book in the first place and be like, Why the fuck did you make me do that? Yeah. I think we've officially had maybe one, maybe two books that we've liked. There's not a lot. Um, I think The Hate You Give was one. Um, I think we've had a few that were, like, good, but not yeah, great. but not great. There's nothing, there's none of them have been great. None, none of us, I think, have been like, oh my god, thank you so much for making me read that book. Like, when you made me read Six of Crows. Right. And... I was like, yes, finally. Thank you so much. None of them have been that so far, which is kind of the point of this podcast in a way. <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of much funnier when we hate the book. Um, but but um, this is going to be a fun, fun debate here. Um, so that's what's happening. Welcome. We're so excited to have you. We read City of Thieves by uh, David Beninoff, who is the showrunner for Game of Thrones. This is not Game of Thrones, but apparently Allison found it just as disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I made her read this book because I thought I liked it. I remember it being this really amazing piece of literature. I shared it with Seth. It was the next book I made him read after Harry How Potter. Did Seth like it? Seth loved it. Um, but so did my boss, who's also another straight cisgender white male. Yeah. So I was... When he told me that, because I told him about our podcast, and he's like, I love that book. I can't believe she's not enjoying it. I was like, I loved it, too. And then it hit me, and I was like, oh, fuck. And I, but I try, I'm going to try and convince you that there's more to the book than just the sex stuff. But I'm not going to lie. This read around, it was like all I could notice. I feel like I couldn't read it without, and listening to it was a little uncomfortable, too. Yeah. I listened to the second half uh, yeah. in the last couple days, and I, yeah, I was like, oh like, my god. Koyla's entire exploit about why he left yes. the military oh because god. he needed a fuck was really painful to listen to. Yeah. And I was like, this was once funny to me, and I'm not quite sure why. Like, it's making me want to go back and reread The Magicians now, because I'm like, oh my god, am I wrong? And I was like... 
no, I'm not wrong. I just, mm. d- fuck you. And <laughs> I, we need a whole, just, we need, I, <laughs> we just need like a, a, a like cage match about the, the magicians. magicians. I know. In this corner, we have no, okay. but I, this one, I'm not going to lie. It, there was a lot of pausing I had to do. I could not get, I thought this would be an easy book to speed through 250 pages, but I found myself like stalling yeah. to read it. Like, I didn't finish it until today either. I mean, I know we only had a week, but it was 250 pages, and I was like, that should be easy. Not really. It was kind of a struggle to get through this time, and when I finished it, I remembered why I liked it so much, but then I also had a lot of questions. So, I, again, am going to try and defend that this is a good book and that I like it, but I totally understand where you're coming from, (laughs) at least from the sex perspective and the female perspective, because, by God... You were either, I don't think there was a single woman in that entire thing that was a, was not objectified. Even no. their mothers were insulted at one point. Yeah. And, like, oh, God. I just, I feel like the whole, like, when we recorded last week, right? So we're doing this in a, sh- a super short timeline. Right, because um, Michaela had a flight delayed and we just couldn't, we couldn't make last week work. Right. So when we talked about it last week on the podcast, you said, um... Well, they're like Vika's coming and like maybe you'll identify with her. And I was hoping that that would be true. But I did. And I do appreciate that she's a badass. Like she's way more badass than these boys. Right. Yes. Like she's competent. Um, she knows what she's doing. She's hardened. She's like part of the secret service. Well, and she also saves their asses with like the whole literate thing. Koyla, yeah. They're like standing in that line. Right. And Koyla is ready to show off. He totally has fallen for Right. The, their ploy of we're going to kill all the smart people and he wants to show off and and it's Vika who saves their ass yeah. who looks at Lev and says don't don't read it don't do she it says you can't read yeah right and so she's 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 great except that um like I like her if you had pulled her out of this story and pl- plunked her you know somewhere else like she's a great character i do not buy into the fort relationship that seemingly somehow was forged between her and lev don't fucking buy it yeah it kind of does seem like a weird consolation prize at the end yeah it's like it's like they're they're moving she goes off on her own at the after they escape and they have the eggs or whatever um and he says, like, I knew I would never see her again. And I was like, I'm good with that. You know, like, I don't think you ever had an actual relationship. You barely said 20 words to each other. Mm-hmm. I think that, or she, I guess she barely said 20 words to you. You are a lovesick puppy who's obnoxious. And she's just kind of dealing with you in this moment and trying not to hurt your feelings. And it feels very like she was pitying of him to me. Because Ooh. she is this strong person. And and she's like, well, this, like, poor kid, like, whatever. And then he he ends up fucking up, by, but because of his fuck up, saves them in the end. Right. Um, and so I think that she might have a little bit more respect for him in that moment. But not enough to come to his door somehow three and a half years later and be like, hey, look, I'm a girl now with a dress on and hair. So... Like, let's get married, I guess. Yeah. It just felt, it felt so cheap. Like, 
let's just add one more twist um, because we need to and because we need to wrap up the fact that somebody love married someone. Uh, I did like the line mirroring from the beginning and the end where she says, like, one thing you need to know about me is I don't cook. Yeah. I like that. Like, but the fact that she just fucking showed up drives me a little bit crazy. It's a little cinematic, if you think about it. I will, let me (laughs) read, just because you said that, let me read you what I wrote for my Goodreads review. Oh, God. It's short. Okay. Um, Because I agree. It is cinematic. Here's what I said. I said, I don't see much merit in this one. This may be because I don't particularly like tragic books or plot twists for the sake of plot twists. It felt very cinematic in the most obnoxious way possible. Yep. And I, <laughs> like, there was so many things that happened that were very cinematic. Like, Koila getting shot in the ass and dying because he's bleeding out at the end of this is incredibly cinematic. Yep. Um The whole scene with the chess game and the whatever rank he was, German officer. He's um, like a captain or something. Yeah, whatever he was. And, like, the egg, that's how they got the eggs. Incredibly cinematic. The whole thing with the chicken that they found being a rooster, that's also very cinematic. Like, the idea that, and then they, like, shoot, cut to the, like, we're eating soup. Like, yep. These, like, smash He's cut a colonel, things. by the way. Sorry, the German guy. He's a colonel. A colonel, okay. The, they are incredibly cinematic, but it didn't work. Like, it, it was just visual for the sake of visual or like let's break what we've built for the sake of breaking it and there's no real learning happening so i i've said this since i read this book i wanted to know why it was a book and not a movie yeah i wanted to make it a movie i was like this would make a way better film and i still agree with that um I agree, too. I think it would be better on screen than in the book. I think it would, yeah, I think it would be a better war film. And I think, like you said, it could be a little Inglorious Bastards with the comedy. Because I think one of the things that drew me to this story, and I do like these tragic war stories. I do. I don't know why, but I do. And because I think I love them when they share the absurdity of war and the just senselessness of war right because to me when you were going off on your rant about (laughs) koila dying from a bullet in his ass at the end after all of this that to me is the pinnacle of it we've fallen in love with this character or hated him we've had some sort of feelings towards him this entire time and only then at the end from something stupid is he killed when like you said he survived so many things and lev didn't have to tell him he could have gotten shot with the rest of the literates you know like or starving or getting a fucking std like herpes in that time would not have felt good so i but i think it's kind of poetic to have him die from something so dumb right so close to the end because it's it just, to me, shows the senselessness of war. Like, when that one soldier or that one Russian just stops in the snow and there's that line that he says he picked his spot. Like, that, to me, also, same thing. And, like, I don't know. That's what it. That's what it's more about to me. 
Um, and I think there's so much sex in the book because I think that they need something dumb to think about. I think they need something that feels normal or even a little bit more absurd than the craziness they're dealing with. I know that's not an excuse, but that's, I remember, and that's what I thought about it this time too, um, when reading it. And you can go ahead and chew me to pieces, but I, those are just some of my initial things. Well, so I will say, I think, um, and usually when I say, I will say on this podcast, I'm going to say something good. And this is not one of those times. Um, it's fine <laughs> just so you're not like getting your hopes up no um, my hopes are, my hopes are my hopes are dead it's fine I know you don't like this book and I I I am just begging that we're still gonna be friends by the end of this <laughs> I felt like the I get what you're saying right I get that him dying at the end from this stupid fucking thing is poetic but why do we need poetry for poetry's sake in this book like that's that's my thing. Like there nothing came of that. Lev didn't grow from Koila dying. Like Oh my god, this is so the magician's argument. This is exactly <laughs> it because this is oh my god, I figured it out. <laughs> I figured it out. But keep going. I'll I'll relay my epiphany in a minute, but I figured it out. Okay. He didn't grow from any of this. Like he Oh my god. <laughs> Koila died and Lev was sad about it for like a minute and then we moved on like smash cut cinematic kind of thing went to the fucking house discovered that all of this was for fucking nothing because the guy already had three dozen eggs that i wanted to scream when that happened yep and like not in a like oh i love how much this book is hurting me and a like this is fucking stupid kind of way um But the other thing I've noticed as I was reading, especially today, is I feel like a lot of this book felt in terms of the way they were talking or the moments where all of a sudden they started to wax poetic. It was very John Green. Okay. And I was like, fuck off. I hate John Green. Okay. It felt actually the most John Green moment it felt like was when Lev figured out and called Koila out for the book that supposedly was the yeah. greatest work of the 20th century. And it was just Koila's stupid manuscript There's that a, he hadn't yeah. even like written down. Mm-hmm. That to me is the most John Green moment in the whole thing. Cause I reread that and I was like, Oh, you pretentious prick. Um, quoting your own shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's I figured it John out. Green. No, but it's the same thing that it is the one big break that you and I have of that I love these stories that don't necessarily have a purpose or change in it, right? Let All of Lev Grossman's work is that way. The kind of sort of senselessness God. of it. I know. And because guess who also doesn't crawl. grow according to... Wait, but guess who also doesn't grow according to you? Yeah, Q doesn't in the magician because he doesn't fucking grow. Right, so that's that's the difference. You cannot to- you cannot argue that he grows in the no, first. No, I know. Book. Okay, I know, but that's part of the reason I don't like it. But it's the same thing. It's this. I I find it so brilliant when it's this. This, yeah, he does it in Codex too. Lev Grossman does, where it's like, almost like the story didn't matter, 
and the characters don't grow from it and it's just like this thing that happens to them and they still have to move on and nothing changes necessarily from it um and you hate that. I and hate John it. Green, right. And John Green's stories are also very similar because his his men also do not necessarily have the best character growth. And it's the same thing. And I just now realized that it's the same thing. And if I had known, if I had remembered correctly, I never would have fucking made you read it because I wouldn't have known you hated it. Because now I'm, I, it like makes so much sense to me now. Like, oh, I get why she hates it. Like, I totally understand because it is like your one thing. Not you have a lot of things. You have a lot of wonderful, amazing things about you. No, but, but it is my. But it is, it my is like one of your things. pet peeve. Yeah, it's my biggest. Like instantly, I don't want to read this, or watch this, or whatever. Is dramatic bullshit that has no bearing on what's go- like the rest of your life. Like, yep, it doesn't affect you. And, like, I think this book has parts of it that do affect Lev, but the parts that don't make me want to scream because... Oh, my God. But, like, it also is all, like, 17, 18, 19-year-old men. Yeah. Because they're annoying and terrible. Problem. But, but... Oh, my God. Sorry. I just feel so much better because I'm sitting here like, (laughs) how does she not like it? And I was like, oh, I figured it out. I totally gave her a book, presented it on a goddamn platter of... Here is your least favorite pet peeve trope. Please love this book. And I didn't even, I, it didn't even register because I did the same with Abundance of Catherines and the same thing happens in The Magicians and it's just, we're forever going to just agree to disagree on this one point. Yeah. Fuck. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. The other thing that um, you- Plus you hate war stories. That was, I was about to say, the other thing that you told me, which was a fucking lie- and I will call you out on it. Is what did you, I do? You said, because I was, and when you announced this book to me, you said, I said, I don't like Nazis and war stories. And you said, it's not really about the war and there aren't really that many Nazis. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. What a fucking lie that I'm was. I'm so sorry. They literally got imprisoned and like marched and they were with Nazis for the last third of the book. You are right, and I'm sorry that I that I will profusely apologize for because in my well, it's true because in my head, I remembered the journey. I remembered the I remembered Vika. I remembered the companionship. I thought they killed the Nazis sooner. I forgot that they got captured. I for I thought I I don't know why, but I thought it all took place in the house. And then when they got to the house, I was like, oh, fuck, that was too soon. And Vika and Vika's not here. And I was like, oh, I missed something. Um, yeah, no, I fucked up. Yeah. And the whole scenes with the girls in the house. Like when they were I was listening to the book when they were describing what happened to the girl that tried to run away. Yeah. And I was just like, why? Why? Like, I just don't want to be put in pain. And like this one wasn't so much um like sadness and emotional pain but like horror um at these horrible things and like yeah i know horrible things happen but usually when i want when i read a book it is to escape the realities of life and see and that is an, another thing that we differ on right. i don't always use books as escapism i often and it, you know and i thought about this as like a human like in my social lacking 
because of my brain, I wonder, like, I use books way more to try and understand things in the world than I do to escape from it. I think a lot of people do that. I think a lot of people like to look at the real world and things that happen through the lens of literature because it's a tool to understand from a perspective that isn't yours. Absolutely. And I get it. Like, I totally get it. If somebody came to the library and said, I really love, like, soft tragedy and uh, teenage boys becoming men, I would give them this fucking book. (laughs) But, (laughs) But I personally prefer for things to be more impactful in the nature of the story and have no bearing on my world if that makes sense yes like I I need the story to like have a beginning middle and end that flow into each other and make sense and have an impact and I can say when we're done with this character that the events of this book changed their life and also that they have nothing to do with my life or like the world around me this- I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the fluffiest piece of shit. We're gonna just do the selection in <laughs> August. It's just gonna happen. We're gonna read all three of the selection series, and it's the biggest bunch of. Actually, you'll hate the ending on that one because it's the biggest stupidest Duas Mahina ending ever. But I I see where you're coming from, and I totally get it. And like you know, what's kind of funny about this podcast too is that like even though we're torturing each other, like. I don't know. I learn more about you each time we talk about it, and it's yeah. just like, oh, okay, cool. And I don't know, it's this weird goal I have. I'm like, I need to find a book that Allison likes. Because I do think that you have a lot more points where that comes from. Or, like, I've liked more books than you've recommended than the other way around. It, it has happened. But I, like, in this process, I have this weird desire now. I'm like, I got to find the perfect book that she'll enjoy. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like I've I've wrecked books for you. Not so much on this podcast, but more in just our real life. Yeah, um, in our lives. That you have, like, fallen in love with, like, Gail Carriger or Six of Crows or... Yeah. I'm sure there's other ones. Um, but those are the two major ones. Those are the big ones, for sure. And I feel like... I'm trying to remember if there's anything you forced me The only to one read. I can think of was Breaking Sky, that you were like, why is this YA book not more well-known? I did like Breaking Sky a lot. Mm-hmm. It's so underrated. If anybody hasn't read it, Corey McCarthy, Breaking Sky really good teen um alternate universe dystopian fighting one with a badass main character it got totally mid-listed and underrated and you should read it i think i also didn't read illuminate until you told me to read it that is also true but i still haven't finished that series Ooh. anyway we should move on yeah so um (laughs) needless to say my final thoughts on this book are how the fuck am I supposed to edit that? You want <laughs> You gave me a in. goddamn raspberry. Just un- on, unedited. That's what it's going to be. It's like in this episode of Novel Predictions, Kale's or I mean, Allison blows Kale's eardrums out. Be prepared. It wasn't very loud. I looked at it. No, you did fine. Um, but 
Oh, God yeah. damn, Raspberry. That's my punishment. Fine. <laughs> That's your punishment for this book. There you go. I won't punish you anymore. All right. Well, um, let's see. Um, let's see no, the you're questions. Gonna, you're going to get revenge. You're going to get revenge. It's going to be bad. You're going to give me some high fantasy ass thing, and I'm going to be like, God damn it. All right. Well, well, that's for the end of this podcast. <laughs> um, the second half of this podcast, we're going to review Allison's questions to see how she did prediction wise. I will be honest and say that I think you did as well as you could have done. I got some things and there were some things that almost happened. Like they were yes. in the story, but they didn't end up ending that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So let me switch over here to our questions. Um, we follow a series of questions here on Novel Predictions. Um, just to kind of give some things some structure, we'll ask other questions as that goes on. Um, but the first one was... Does the main character fall in love? And Allison said, I don't think if he falls in love, I do not think it will be reciprocated. Okay. Um, I think because I this book, I think, is supposed to be like kind of lovingly tragic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can say it that way. So I think I like that. Like soft, softly tragic. So I think um, he might fall in love with this girl. Uh, but he's not going to get her, and maybe Koyla will, and that will be, like, the tragedy is that this Ooh. asshole <laughs> fucking Koyla, who's just weirdly confident and loves danger and just, like, laughs as he run away, runs away from cannibals, um, will get the girl. I said so, no. Yeah, you said no. You didn't think that love was going to fall in love, like, which all- <sighs> is kind of true, yeah. because I will be honest, I feel like that... He couldn't have. They didn't speak to each other. Yeah. He, it was like he, an in-lust thing. And then, like, they probably got married because of they fell in love with each other later. Like, we didn't really get the love story portion. Right. There was no love story. So he, he like, lusted after her in a way he had never lusted after someone before. Gross. And then she ignored him, basically. The neglect thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's the maybe that's the poetic part of it. Is she did the exact thing to him that Koyla told him to do to women? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't notice that part. I was too focused on like the war portion. The poet, poet, or what is it? Uh, the what? Whatever neglect. Like the whatever oh, neglect. Deliberate neglect. Yeah. Or whatever. She did. That's a fucking love. Intentional neglect. Yeah. She did do that to him. Yeah, she did it to him, and he didn't do shit because he's a baby. He is. I also want to. I really want to know. I I'm kind of mad that this book is not YA because it totally could have been if they just got rid of some of the sex and violence. But I don't know. I struggle with that whole like, why is Catcher in the Rye and To Kill a Mockingbird not technically children's literature, but whatever, because um, the protagonists are that age. Yeah, so, and then Koyla obviously didn't fall in love, but... Nope. Um, he got laid regularly somehow. Yeah, Sonia <sighs> existed. Whatever. Yeah. The Near whole, the every time they, like, insisted on talking about how Lev had to listen to them have sex, I was like, come on, like, we get it. This sucks for you, but you don't know what yeah. you're missing, so it doesn't matter. Like, move on. Um... This and, is very true. Anyway, but like, yeah, so he, I, I would argue that I was wrong, half wrong, because he, I don't really think he fell in love with her. I think that it was a lustful kind of like fascination with yeah. her. 
um, because they didn't speak to each other. And I don't think that you can, I don't believe in love at first sight. I don't, <laughs> um, and it's not like he was in love, like felt love for her at first sight anyway. Nope. So yeah. Okay. But I mean, I, I guess you're half like, right. you know, whatever he, he marries her in the end. <clears throat> I'm sure Hopefully he they like loved each other her. then. Yeah. I'm sure that they loved her eventually, but it just didn't happen during the book. I agree. What tropes do you think you'll see? Allison said. Well, yeah, it's like a buddy comedy. Yeah. Um the like untouchable <laughs> like on a pedestal woman that they're both gonna like lust after. That yep kind of thing that's like unifying them is the we- their weird lust for this poor woman i have no idea how old she is I you like pretty much got this one though because be. you were talking about um, you just you talked a lot about the tropes we saw early on yeah. um and kind of like the buddy comedy asshole friend and ignorant not uh, younger one um and then now i've just introduced this new trope of the male males without character growth i guess thinking they're the shit i guess (laughs) i'm sure the phrase wedding would be different if you did it i don't know what i would call it because i don't think of it that way i yeah i don't know how i don't know how to explain it and i don't necessarily know how to defend it i remember the, the the only thing i remember and the only way that i can connect it in my head was I read this book, Codex, by Lev Grossman, read the whole thing, got to the ending, was so pissed off, I threw it across the fucking room, sat there for 10 minutes straight thinking about it, and then I had this epiphany of, oh my god, the book is pointless. And I, then I was like, oh my god, it's brilliant. Ugh. And it was like this weird <laughs> sensation of like, oh my god, I totally got it. And I like got the message, and then it suddenly became like the most brilliant thing to me. And I don't necessarily know how else to explain that it was just this weird thing about like how you move on after an adventure and i don't know i hadn't seen it before and now apparently i realized i like it way more than i ever have um so (laughs) cool um any other comments on tropiness or uh anything that you noticed in there objectification of women you talked about that yeah i think the like cinematic um, I don't think I identified this, but you didn't but later you in the about end, it now. The cinematic nature of look, something really impactful that should have been really impactful happen. All right, let's jump to another scene and not uh, explore the emotional baggage of that. Yeah, that was the thing, and it bugged me. And I think that's a thing with comedies and with war movies. Um, which weirdly, both of them. And I like comedies, but I uh, I just don't like war stories, I think, in any way, shape, or yeah. form. Um, but yeah, that was definitely something that, as it the story went on, it happened over and over again. I was like, oh my god, please. Like, we need to talk about what just happened. Yeah. I need to... I'm even... I'm sitting here staring at all of my books, and I'm like, what the fuck do I make you read next? Um, <laughs> and I still got two months to figure that or a month to figure that out um cool then we said is there a mentor allison said yeah i think he looks up to because lev is what like 15 i thought he was a little older okay he's like 16 17 maybe yeah something he's like younger that. than koila for sure yes. um i feel like he looks up to koila as like 
he's lived life. Like, he's not a virgin, we presume. Um, he has this, like, reckless abandon kind of way of meeting people and going at things. And Lev seems very reserved and not willing to put himself in danger. So again, yeah, I think again, you were kind of right on this, that you said that Koila was going to be a mentor to Lev. And in a weird way, he kind of is. I feel like he is definitely a mentor to Lev. I feel like he, he teaches Lev about sex and women, unfortunately, the whole fucking time. (laughs) Um, But I think he also teaches Lev about like writing your own narrative kind of thing. Cause Lev is really, he never talks about his family and he doesn't like own these parts of his personality and Koyla. That's all Koyla does is own these parts of himself. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's definitely a mentorship in confidence and, you know, embracing who you are. But at the same time, because this is this kind of story, Lev doesn't necessarily take those lessons and use them. When or matters. we don't see him use them. Right. It, it, in the context of the story, like in this 280-page adventure, we don't get to see Lev use those lessons. I'm sure he uses them later. Right. But we don't really see it. All we see is he's a scared little boy, and those lessons haven't made him anything different. He just was going to hold on to them for later. Yeah, the more you talk, the sadder I get. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. I don't like ruining your favorite things. It just as, was hard as, for me. You know, it. no, it is. and it's. But it's so interesting because books stay the same. You know, I'm in a medium of theater and I work in that and I think about the different shows you see at different phases of your life and how they mean different things to you. Right. And but theater in my head, like you can go like we're going to go see Anastasia. Right. And I'm going to go see it two days before with my sister. And even though it's the same stage in my life, each of those nights is going to mean something different. Well, a book, it doesn't change. It stays the same. And yet here I am reading at different stages in my life and how you can reread the same fucking thing, but have this new lens on it. Like I said, I was reading it or listening to it. And all I could pick out was the sex stuff. And I'm like cringing in my car thinking, God, how can they be talking about women this way? How is this legal? And I was like, how am I enjoying this book still? And it, how did I ever enjoy this book? Why didn't I notice that before? And also, I think it's because I was a much younger pruder girl who just would skip over those things. You're just Um, like not thinking about it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like how I accidentally recommended House of Cards to Seth's parents. And I did it because I thought they would like the political intrigue and the story because I had completely skipped over the sex scenes. So that was super uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Good Good job. Yeah. No, that was mightily embarrassing. And we'd only been dating for like three months. God help me. Um, Anyway, let's go back to the book. Yes. Um, (laughs) Who's going to die? Allison said. No, I think either she might die. Maybe Koyla will die and it'll be like the kind of, he he had no fear kind of thing and in the end like that was not a good plan and he died ding 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 yeah, ding right. you got this one yeah I was you mad, did though whenever it happened i was like i don't want to be right why because it was a dumb way for him to die okay I, but this, like that goes back to like the senselessness of war like would it have been less dumb if he had died in the fray if he had like gotten I don't know. How would you have preferred him to die? I would have preferred him to die at a point where Lev had to do fucking anything on his own. 
did. He killed the he killed the colonel and the he even killed Coyla's German that he was fighting. No, I know, but I'm saying that like if Lev was if if Coyla's gonna die, he needs to die at a point where it matters. He needs to die at a point where his death you know, bring something out of Koila or I'm um, sorry, out of Lev or um, brings Lev and Vika together or. See, but I don't think that's the point. I think the point, is, and he says it too. Um, there's a great debate that, and it's one of the few conversations that Vika and Lev have together. And it's about how Lev apologizes for her friend getting shot, right? They're in, the, they just got like captured or willingly sacrificed right. themselves, whatever the fuck that was. They, they went and they did that. The one guy gets shot, Micah, Milko, something like it starts with an M, Marco, and that's what I'll call him. And Lev tries to apologize, and Vika says it doesn't matter because none of us matter. You don't matter. I don't matter. He doesn't matter because it's war. And then Lev says, I don't believe that. You matter, and I matter because of the war, and because this is, you know that's how we win right and it, that's we win because we matter rather she's like it's war it doesn't matter we just need to win and I think that that's the whole thing is that it's showing that in reality Koyla's death didn't matter even though Lev wanted it to it didn't in the retrospect of the war and everything it it didn't matter and it's sad and awful but it's so poignant and i know you don't like what i'm saying i can tell there's a scowl on your face even though i can't fucking see you (laughs) i i I know you that's what the book is saying i am saying that i think it's dumb (laughs) (laughs) i get that that's david bilmov's fucking vision but i do not agree that his vision is good Pick a new vision, sir. <laughs> like, I just, I just don't agree. Like, I prefer a story to have. I have tears. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer a story to have a more, um, classical, like hero's journey. Like things matter. Things have impact. It's this whole idea of shit doesn't matter, and then you die. Like, that's kind of like the vibe, right? Like. A little bit, yeah. Like nothing you does you you do matters and everyone dies. And Yeah, that's I, my realist talking. That's my pessimist. And Welcome. There, well, right, and like that is closer to reality than a lot of, you know, stories and, and folklore and mm-hmm. fairy tales. But fuck that. <laughs> like Fair. I do, I I refuse to buy into that personally because if I if the things I do don't matter and then I die, then what is the point of living? Right? So Fair. I don't I don't have the I don't have much interest in adhering to that policy in my own life. So whenever I read something that is supposed to be poignant or whatever, and it's like, oh, the poetry of sacri- like these senseless sacrifices, I'm like, fuck that. That's so stupid. Why would I want to be that way? Why would I enjoy seeing other people die for no reason when it I, could have had an impact it Coyla's death could have been important to the story and I, I would have been okay with it 
I totally hear you and I understand. And it makes me think of like why maybe it's taken me so long to enjoy cheesy romances because I used to hate them because I was like, God, this is not realistic. <laughs> no, it is not realistic at all. It's right. Wonderful. But that's the point of it. So I, I, I'm getting that. Yeah. I, but I'm just wondering again, learning about us as individuals. It's very interesting to me. Um, to just see these reading types and these reading habits. We got to get through this question because yeah, we're sorry. already at like 40-something minutes. And, <laughs> and we're arguing about pessimism and optimism and the core questions of life. So, this is God help us. Philosophy hour. Oh, God. Welcome to Novel Predictions. <laughs> On this episode, we get stupidly philosophical. Um, what's the twist, Allison said? Part of me feels like the boys are going to have to get out of Leningrad and go to these fa- some a farm. Like, because they keep talking about there's eggs on the farms, but they're German occupied, right? So Yeah, that's the whole problem. Right. So I'm thinking they're going to have to get out of Leningrad and maybe there is a woman, like, like a farm, like one of the farmers is a woman that they're, they end up dealing with. Yeah. Um, I'm also kind of hoping that they don't just find a dozen eggs, that they, like, have to get, like, two eggs here and, like, three eggs there. And then they have to fucking, like, carry them, like, little egg children around with them and not break them. All right, I got to be honest. I don't know if there is one in this book. The twist is that Vika's a girl. Like, I don't know. I have trouble placing it. You you said that, um, that, like, the, the, um, the... The police guy, the general's daughter, was going to end up falling in love oh, with him. Yeah, I think that would have been such a better story. And, and, and that that was the whole story. And that she was going to, like, run away with Lev and I find him attractive or whatever. I see her again. Nope. She never came up again. I'm simi- I was so mad. And whatever. Yeah. I think that there are a bunch of little twists for the sake of trying to upset you as a reader. Like, emotional manipulation. Um... Rather I just than gave a you the story. biggest eye roll. <laughs> that is seriously how it feels. That I get. Is... I. You know what? You have your feels. That's good. <laughs> That's fine. It is manipulative and bullshit and whatever. We, we can't get back into it. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's like a story twist. Um, I think maybe the biggest twist in the story, and this is kind of funny actually, is when they get the chicken and then the chicken is a rooster. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry, but like for these two, this is I love that scene because I like that me, scene too. Because these two highly intelligent, literature chess playing, intellectual men go get a chicken from a dying child, right? Who like right. won't move in the snow. They think everything's saved, and then the doctor comes in and he's like, "Guys, this is a rooster," and it's just like to me. Again, very cinematic, would be like the whole time you don't see this chicken, right? It's like wrapped in their arms, it's in the cage, like you don't see it. But then again, when Volka or whatever his name is reveals it's a rooster, they all like turn and look at it and the camera pans and like you see the rooster for the first time. And I I think it's hysterical. That, that That's a juxtaposition. The That's the funniest scene in this book, in my opinion. Um, Agreed. Because and I did think that was pretty funny, especially when they're discussing like um, Koila's like, oh well, maybe like don't be an, a pessimist. Maybe it can lay a dozen eggs in four days, which yeah. is totally not possible um, right. as someone who has raised chickens. Um, and so I'm sitting there like, 
what an idiot like the city boy this fucking egg this fucking chicken's not gonna lay these eggs like first of all it has no fat on its body it's not gonna lay eggs anyway second of all it can't lay that many eggs in that amount of time there's no way and then the doctor comes in is like "Mm, yeah well you're gonna be waiting a long time it's a literal cock yeah Uh (laughs) (laughs) oh my god koila doesn't know what those look like I just think that, and I do, I liked parts of this book where um, Lev talks about how, like, the city kids always made fun of the country bumpkins, and now, like, the country bumpkins are living large, like, with their fucking animals and eating and yep. whatever. And surviving because they're illiterate. Right. right. Um, I wrote a whole essay on classism in this book. I do like that, that, like, thread. Mm-hmm. But so rarely do we get that thread. So much more often do we get, like, decks of playing cards with nude women on the back or picturing Vika naked and having visceral fantasies about her and then talking about how she's the first person we've ever had visceral fantasies about. Whatever. Yeah, that was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I don't need to know about your sex fantasy, love. Thanks. Okay, bye. Yeah, really. Um... All right. Uh, why is this story from the MC's perspective? Allison said. I think that Lev is the one who needs, who's like going on this um, coming of age journey. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's from his perspective because he's coming of age. I think he also, because he's young and kind of fanciful, um, at least like he has an imagination. He He's used it several times in our story so far. By thinking of women naked ice skating, but that's fine. By thinking of naked ice skating women. um, I think that he is seeing Koila, who is this larger than life person. And we need an outside perspective of Koila. I think that Koila is really important to the story because he is going to teach Lev all these lessons, whether they be good or bad, about being a quote unquote man. What did I say? You, it was hard because we were like, we didn't talk about, I don't know what I, my notes don't make sense. So <laughs> what I'm trying to remember is that we, we talked about that, like, it couldn't be from Koyla's perspective um, because he was too much. Like there's something Lev has to learn. Which he fucking doesn't. Uh, yes. So, yeah. Uh, so my, my opinion now, I think I basically said it's from Lev's perspective because he has the most growth. Yes, that okay. That makes more sense to what I wrote. <laughs> um, but he, I was like, "What was I thinking a week ago?" Right, and like I think that his character changes, but I don't know that I can definitively say he grows very much. Um, yeah, I think that this book is from Love's perspective because he's like there. I don't think it it matters. I think it's just, right. It's like go ahead. It's just it's just some kid. And I think that that's the point, that it's just some kid, and there's nothing special about him, and he's not particularly good at anything except for chess. Um, and I think that's the point. But right, it's, an- it's, it's like it's like it's like the book "I Am a Camera," which um, is the origin for the musical Cabaret, and 
because it's originally told from the guy's perspective and it shows his perspective of coming to the cabaret, his love affair with Sally Bowles. And it's this whole idea of that. He is not the main character. He is a lens in which to see the world through this time period. Right. And, and Lev, I believe is that Lev, I believe is witness to Koyla's life and death and his last uh, days on earth. I believe that he's a witness to the brutality of the Germans and the city versus country life i believe he's a witness to um the desolation in his hometown and uh this kind of descent and he's a he's a witness to this war um and i think that that's why it's from his perspective like it, it you're, like you said he's just an ordinary kid and nothing's important about him but again i think that's so cool and brilliant um and you i hate it. don't yeah <laughs> i mean we've talked there was another book that we read where we had this same feeling where it was just from their perspective because it needed to be from some uglies was oh yeah fucking it was tally god you're right it was tally yeah that who i also hated so you know there you go well i ended up not liking her much either so yeah that we can agree on she was just annoying (laughs) um and then we had like what other stories this is remind you of allison said girls (laughs) yeah Yes, Allison said Mean Girls and Inglorious Bastards. Uh, yeah. Those, I believe, were the, the main It does remind me of Inglorious Bastards, but like. It really does. But. I need to watch it, that movie again. I do feel. I liked Inglorious Bastards. Um, but I think Inglorious Bastards was funnier. Like, I think it doesn't yeah. feel as much of a war story as this one does. It's not telling you of tragic prostitutes trying to run away and getting their feet sawed off. Like, it doesn't. Right, I do think and, like, that this taking fifty three men around the side of a schoolhouse and shooting them just because they can read, like it's right. not that level. I don't think. I think if anything, the blood and shit that Quentin Tarantino puts in it almost makes it absurd, which I think is another way of showing the senselessness. And I think actually not the senselessness, but like the absurdity of war. Right. But I don't. I don't know. I, I it's do, different. I do think. I think that this. I would have liked this story better if it had been more like Inglorious Bastards, where it's like a side mission and we're not really dealing with the like f- soldiers and the front lines and like people like watching pe- prisoners get executed. You know these things that mm-hmm. definitely happened. Um, I I would have liked this story more if because I feel like it was billed by the book and a little bit by you as like this kind of serendipitous ridiculous quest right and yes and it would maybe and i expected it to follow like a quest kind of format and instead it really was the reason we're outside of the city is because of these eggs but now we have to deal with these atrocities and somehow get back and then as an afterthought we're gonna get some eggs um that's fair yeah, and I feel like I would have liked it better if it had been, like, really more comedic and, like, a, really focusing on the eggs and not having to focus on these these horrible things happening around them. I do think that there were some funny moments, though. I love how he pulled that modern joke of the cats, dogs, and potatoes in the bags. Some of Koyla's shit was funny to me. I agree that there were definitely funny moments. I just think that they could have been 
like I think they were funny so that you didn't cry. You know, like <laughs> like there was levity so that it wasn't just bleak the whole time. Fair. And I think Koila's character was that was his whole thing was like we have to have levity in this world, otherwise we'll just die of right, depression. Which is why like I think he kept talking about his shit. You know, and why he kept talking about women. I, agree. I don't agree I just, that he should have been talking about women that way, but yeah, I think that there it was all in the name of, um, of levity. But I just don't think that it was well. I didn't like him because of those things. That's fine. It's all fair. Um, <laughs> so I, I the last question I have for you mm-hmm. is why two stars and not one? Because I do think the writing has merit um and i do there were a couple moments that were like funny or whatever but overall i just didn't like the structure of the story and the unnecessary emotional like turmoil um I'm nodding like you can see me but yeah <laughs> so so it's not like a one star for me where i i like I don't know. I hesitate to say that I hated it, I guess. And, like, I right, hated the like, magicians. Like, right. That's what I'm asking. It's, like, I was asking, like, what made this better than the magicians? What, yes. That was essentially <laughs> my question. Um, I think if this book had been dragged out for 500 pages, it would have been as bad as the magicians. That is a very 100% fair assessment. Um, I think brevity helped it, in my opinion. And the... There, there were a couple moments where I was like, oh, that's funny. Or, like, I le- like this is kind of a silly situation they've gotten into, and that's qu- kind of great. But it was overshadowed for me by the things I h- didn't like, which I've expounded on endlessly here, so I won't do it again. That's um, okay. Yeah, so I think it's it's two-star for me where, like, I wouldn't – like, I, I don't know if I would ever recommend The Magicians to anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I would recommend this book to some very specific people. Yes, I understand that, which is why, like, I think this read for me, reread, has made it go from five stars to four stars because I can't. You can't auto recommend it. Yeah, I can't auto recommend it anymore. Like, it makes me really question. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I got to think about maybe now some of the women I give it to. (laughs) because there's like no redeeming qualities about how they talk about women at all and like at the very bottom line like I can't make the book a perfect five star when it's just so degrading and unhelpful to women I can't do that anymore in this in this lifetime so right I yeah I guess thanks for sorry yeah it's fine it's all good we should move on I think we should close the chapter on this one yeah we're just here to do it I think we should close the chapter on this book I think we should say thank you to our listeners for listening and ask them to go follow us on social media at Novel Prediction on Instagram and on Twitter. And I think we should ask them to join us to read another book in July. But I don't know what book that's going to be, Allison. It's your turn. It is my turn to pick. Fuck. Are you excited? Are you nervous? No, I'm so nervous because I feel terrible. And I think that's, again, the only reason we're still friends is like, I didn't mean to torture you, but ha ha. Um, (laughs) I did not pick this book to torture you. Okay, cool. I picked this book uh, mostly so that I hopefully will enjoy the book next book we read. That's fair. 
because it's been one of those I feel like the last book no I still totally enjoyed on the edge but whatever um this is a this is a young adult novel oh okay we're going back to young adult we haven't done young adult in two months a while yeah yeah well because no three because we did we did um, thief lord which was middle grade right yeah all right so it's and this is I will also say the start of our second year (gasps) we just finished our 12th book oh my god really Yes, we have been. That's doing a novel terrible audio for me to. Sorry, go ahead. Do that <laughs> we again. We've been doing novel predictions for a year now, oh which my God. is very exciting. I know. It if doesn't you feel make like it's me read long. the second book in Aragon, I will kill you. We <laughs> you, will end I, this right now. <laughs> I will not do that to myself. Okay, <laughs> I might do that to you, but I will not do it to myself. <laughs> All right. Well, yay! Happy one year anniversary, Happy everybody! Happy anniversary! Yay! So this book will be our. Um, our anniversary book. So it's a YA book. It was published in 2008. Um, so this is, is book number 13 then, right? Yeah. So the one, so mine that we just finished is 12. Oh, cool. City of Thieves was 12. Great. Yeah. Cool. Great way to end out the year. We bookmarked Fuck. the year with books we hated. Aragon. Yes, that we ruined <laughs> books for each other. Aragon it's all even now. Yep. All right, yeah. what's what are we starting off this new year of novel predictions with? Okay, YA it is fantasy. Okay. It has a good amount of romance in it. And I haven't read okay. You haven't read it? It is long. Like how long? Like 471 pages long. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I have a pl- I have two plane rides. I have two plane rides. We'll be fine. And yeah, it was published in 2008. You have any guesses? 2008? Is it the start of a series? It is, but it's like a um, a companion <gasps> series. Is it Graceling? It is Graceling by <laughs> Kristen Kishore. I think that's the first time we've ever guessed. I've ever gotten it right. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first time I've gotten it right. It's Graceling. I'm actually excited about this. Yeah, Graceling by Christian Keshore. Yep. Uh, it'll be super fun. It is, again, a series starter, but the next books in the series are not about the same person, so it can totally be read standalone, which is what I have done. I've never read the other books. so. All right, this one I'm pumped for. The other reason Yay. I'm pumped for this is um, the, the author, Hafsa, I don't remember her last name, but Hafsa, who wrote We Hunt the Flame, mm-hmm. I just did a panel with her, and she told me that she was not a reader growing up, and what brought her into the YA genre was Graceling. It's a good book. Yeah. I'm really excited now. It is a 100% 180 departure from what we just read. Let's do it. Let's yes. go. It's a palate Let's... cleanser for me. <laughs> I I am down. I hope it'll also help my fantasy endeavors. This is great. I'm in such a terrible book slump. Um, I'm actually excited. Yay. Yay. That's hysterical, though, because it's also right there on my shelf. And I'm looking at mm-hmm. it because <laughs> it's like in my direct line of eyesight because next to it is all my Cindy Williams Chima books that I took off the shelf. So I can literally see it. That's awesome. So yep, that's yay. what we're reading in July. Well, join us to read Graceling or reread it because I probably am one of the very few people in this entire YA universe that has not read that book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, mm-hmm, she says. <laughs> so we invite you guys to join us to read that in July. Um, we will be posting an episode in two weeks um, after this one comes out. Yes. Um, 
join us for uh, episodes every other Tuesday. We're so excited to have this amazing fan base uh, to talk to about these books. Um, if you leave a review, you can get something from us, right, Allison? Yes, if you leave us a review and DM us a picture of it, because, you know, we don't know who you are on iTunes, um, I will send you some swag. I've got some bookmarks and stickers, and they're real cute. Yay! Well, thank you guys so much, and uh, I'm Kales. I almost said I'm Allison. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? I need to go to bed. I'm Kales. And I'm Allison. Keep making novel predictions! Bye! Bye.